tell you love to hate. I get more nervous in this room than anywhere else. It's on your radio right now. Do you know how to pop that coochie for a good one? There you go. It's the world's most dangerous one to show. Got the cameras on my the f*** this What kind of show is this? My son listens to this show. With DJ Envy, the captain of this bitch. With Angela Yee, the only one who can keep these guys in check. Charlemagne the God. I'm a lovable asshole. And this is the Breakfast Club, bitches. Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Hump day. Come on, Toronto. Toronto. Good morning, Toronto. Got a great show for you today. I'm excited. Uncle Snoop will be joining us this morning. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Double J. Yes. A, walk, a, walking, a walking memorial. Okay, mm-hmm. an icon living. That's right. right? We, we, we throw I that just... word legendary around a lot, but Snoop Dogg is definitely the embodiment of all of that. Yeah, we mean it, mean it today. I just got his wine in the mail. Did you guys, did they send that, a bottle of uh, Snoop Dogg's wine, 19 Crimes? You know, my dumb ass gave him the address as the radio station, so I'm, I'm not going to see it for a while. So I'm sure our producers will be enjoying that wine. But, uh, yeah, no, they sent it to the station and sent it there. there as uh, packaging, the packaging was very nice. Yeah. Our, pro- our producers deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. It is, they, they deserve that drink. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. And last night, I, I actually had my last uh, episode of my Motown Countdown. Mm-hmm. On Fox Soul and Matt P joined us, and he has that new show coming out tonight on BET, his docu series. Also, mm-hmm. Angie Angie Stone, and we were talking about some of the top Motown songs. You know, Motown started back in 1959, mm-hmm. and today they have artists like the Migos, they have the City Girls, BJ the Chicago Kid. A lot of artists still on Motown today. Yeah, well, you know, um, I'm I'm moving from my house to another house, and. What I'm doing is I had to, my furniture didn't come yet, of course, so I have to buy certain things to, you know, buy dresses from Ikea to put my clothes in it. So yesterday, my wife gave me the task to put this uh, dress together for her. Bro. 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 It took me 10 hours, and I'm still not done. I don't know what's worse, putting together Ikea furniture or putting together uh, kids' uh, toys. I, and that's something that I can't do. Re- hmm? It's in that moment you realize you're not your daddy. In that yes. moment that you realize yes. that your daddy did not pass on uh, the trade of being nice with his hands on to you. But that's Bro. because we just grew up different, doing different stuff, that's all. Do you know what I did? That's why you have to buy things from the as-is department in Ikea. I Googled somebody in the neighborhood that puts these things together, and uh, he's coming today to help me out. Wow. Hey, man. Everybody got a skill set. That's, <laughs> why tra- hey, that's why trade is very important, man. You got to teach uh, people how to use their hands. I'm not. Bro. I thought you were talking about either. something else. <laughs> my wife is. My, I'm not good at that kind of stuff. My wife, my wife, my wife is the put together in her house. But that's because growing up, that's what that's what her daddy taught her how to do. You know what I'm saying? Her daddy taught her how to do that kind of stuff. It starts yeah, getting I me frustrated. Toge- I can put together everything too in my house. And I'm telling you, Envy, they have a whole as is department in IKEA. They sell you things as is. It's cheaper and it's all put together already. No, this has nothing to do with me. I didn't know. Gear was like, hey, put this together. I was like, sure, no problem. They're like. 
two, three hours, four hours, five. I'm like, yeah, this is enough. I'm like, this is this is not for me. This is not for me. So uh, shout out to the, the young man that's coming by today to uh, put everything together. All right. Let's get the show cracking. Front page news. What are we talking about? Well, let's talk about Donald Trump. He is still touting hydroxychloroquine as a drug that can cure coronavirus. And now he is actually supporting this doctor. We'll talk about it. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where we starting, Yee? Well, remember Donald Trump said he was going to be throwing out a first pitch at Yankee Stadium? Yeah, I remember. Uh, that is actually not happening right now. They said he was so him? bothered by the attention that Dr. Fauci was getting in the lead-up to his first pitch at the Nationals Park on opening day last Thursday that he told his staff to call the Yankees to get him on the mound, and it never actually was confirmed, and they were actually surprised by this announcement. Yeah, Donald Trump needs therapy, man. When you're so jealous that Dr. Fauci got asked to throw the first pitch at the Washington Nationals and Yankees game that you tell your team to call the Yankees and make good on an offer to throw the first pitch, that's what happens when you lead with ego, when you got a wounded ego and you need constant validation. From, from sources outside yourself, a.k.a. being a sucker. <laughs> now, another thing that Donald Trump was wondering is why Dr. Fauci's approval rating is so high and his is so low. Here's what he had to say. You know, it's interesting. He's got a very good approval rating, and I like that. I, it's good. Because remember, he's working for this administration. And for the most part, we've done pretty much what he and others, Dr. Burks and others who are terrific, recommended. And he's got this high approval rating. So why don't I have a high approval rating with respect <laughs> and the administration with respect to the virus? We should have a very high. But nobody likes me. It can only be my personality. That's all. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Uh, yeah, he's right. Simple. I mean, listen, Dr. Fauci has a high approval rating because Dr. Fauci does his job. And Dr. Fauci is worried about doing his job and not worried about being popular and not worried about his approval rating. It's called priorities and not leading with ego. That's what it's called. Mm. Well, yesterday, Donald Trump had Twitter fingers. He retweeted a message that said Fauci had misled the public. And then he also was retweeting all these uh, false claims that could actually be very dangerous about hydroxychloroquine being a uh, cure for coronavirus, uh, tweets calling Dr. Fauci a fraud and all kinds of things. And he actually... What's wrong with him, boy? ...was at a CNN briefing, and he was questioned about this one doctor in particular who he was quoting and... That doctor has been known to say all kinds of things. Her name is Dr. Stella Emanuel. She also at one point had said that uh, people, women could get pregnant by witches and all kinds of things. But here is Donald Trump at the CNN briefing that he actually walked out of. In that video that you retweeted last night said that masks don't work and there is a cure for COVID-19. She's also made videos saying that doctors make medicine using DNA from aliens and that they're trying to create a vaccine to make you immune from becoming religious. Well, maybe it's the same, so, maybe it's not, but I, I can't, I can tell you this. That. She was on air along with many other doctors. They were big fans of hydroxychloroquine. And I thought she was very impressive in the sense that from where she came, I don't know which country she comes from, but she said that she's had tremendous success with hundreds of different patients. And I thought her voice was an important voice, but I know nothing about her. Last week, well, real quick, last okay, week, you Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. 
Why did, why did they have to get a black woman from the continent to deliver that, that propaganda? Like, like that whole press conference she spoke at was put together by the, the right-wing group, the Tea Party Patriots, and they're backed by wealthy Republican donors. So I, I just feel like it's a reason they had, they had a black woman from the continent deliver that message saying all of that, that nonsense. They kill two birds with one stone. They make us look crazy, and they spread propaganda. But I will say that hydrochloroquine thing is interesting because I actually know somebody. Envy actually knows somebody. It's the same mm-hmm. person who used it. And this person was dying. Him and his wife, like, yeah. literally were writing their wills. They wrote they their will. They changed their will and wrote, they wrote their, their will and everything. Yeah. And one and doctor they, they, said, try it. And he tried it. And he said it saved his life. And I, and I spoke to him personally. It saved his life. Mm-hmm. And he took it He took it as a last-ditch last effort. Like, That's right. Took it at their own risk and everything. But it, but mm-hmm. it worked for them. So... Listen, I don't, I don't know what to believe. I'm going to be totally honest. Yeah, and hydroxychloroquine has been around. They use it to treat malaria. And so and mm-hmm, So I don't know if it was that that cured him or what, but, you know, it worked. Right, but they're saying this is not a cure for coronavirus. Yeah, no, I don't know, but no, I don't know. He's saying, and his doctor said that was the reason why he didn't die, that he used that. Uh, and he said he went yeah. to several different doctors. This was the only doctor that suggested that. And he said he was dying, he couldn't breathe, he was on his deathbed. And after they started using it, he said you could almost see it instantly starting to change his, his whole everything. And this is hey, directly from him. There was well, a, they've, been, they've been testing it in different phases. In, in phase three, they said it flunked the phase three trial mm. as far as coronavirus. So they said it not only failed to improve outcomes in those with mild to moderate disease, but it produced a higher rate of cardiac and liver side effects. So maybe for some people it works, but for other people it could be deadly. I don't True. know. That's what it seems like. It seems like it seems like it helps some people and it seems like it, it, it kills some people. That's why I said I'm not I'm not endorsing no. any of it. I'm just I'm just telling you all the different stories that I've heard. And this Correct. like like Amy said, this came directly from this person's mouth, this person we know. Mm-hmm. Right. It's an article on him if you want to look it up. I'm not I'm not I don't want to say his name though, but Right. Yeah. All right. Well that is your front page news. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Maybe you had a bad night, bad morning, or maybe everything's all right. Whatever it may be. Spread some positivity. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm calling. I'm telling. Hey, what you doing, man? I'm calling. I'm calling you. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, good morning, man. This is Tim again, man. I know I wasn't supposed to call back till next week. But uh, morning, Envy. Morning, brother. Hello, man. Good morning. Good morning, man. Yee, good Peace morning, King. baby. Listen, uh, yesterday y'all had a guy on there. And uh, who, who coming up with movie? I told you, y'all put me up on stuff. So I'm gonna go watch. How many Malco? Yeah, okay, definitely. I appreciate that. We're definitely gonna watch it. But he spoke about something about the movie when Regina King came and said, "Don't even know about being a motivational speaker." You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I did seven years. Yeah, you know I mean, I did seven years. I walked out four years up but no further incidents. And every Wednesday, every third Wednesday of the month, I go to the uh, juvenile detention center where I live at. And I speak to young people, you mm. know what I'm saying, so they don't make the mistakes that I made. I since since, since I've been home, I got like Charlemagne and spoke months ago, always speaking it. Trade, the trade industry is a very profitable industry. You can take that and go anywhere on this world with that. Everything. Absolutely. I got brick, brick and brick land. I'm a uh, certified masonry. You know what I'm saying. I just did a job over the weekend, twenty seven hundred for uh, eight course steps. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm talking about. 
going up to her house. Now, I'm at work right now, as you can hear in the background, and I only make about, I ain't going to say that, but I make a decent wage. But it mm-hmm. ain't not making my own. Being out there, nobody over my back. Nobody having to say, oh, you, oh, you want to No, I'm my own boss. And pretty soon, right. I'm going to leave this behind me, and I'm going to do something to my son. That's right. You know, so, so I, I, I love y'all, man. I know I wasn't supposed to call back till next week. But I just thank you for calling, man, and, and you're right. Oh, real quick, Envy. Trade, yes, sir. Listen, li- listen to ye. That 90 Day Fiance, I don't watch stuff like that either. It's hard for me to get in front of the TV. But 90 Day Fiance and Marriage Boot Camp, my woman got me watching. Yo, these people was crazy. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check it out with the wife, man. I, I usually watch Bachelor with the wife, yeah, and when she puts that on, that's when I usually go ride my bike. But I'm going to go check it out. Thank you, brother. And let me shout out to Lincoln Tech. Lincoln Tech learn, is a, is a great trade, trade school. Y'all. Absolutely. Yes, Lincoln man. Tech does automotive. They do HVAC. They do nursing. They do so many different things. So uh, definitely check a trade school, man. Hello, who's have this? To te- have to teach kids how to learn how to use their hands. Hello, who's this? It's Susie. What's going on, DJ Amy? Susie, good morning. Get it off your chest. Good morning. I just need to comment on uh, the hydrochlorine. Um, hydrochloroquine. Chloroquine. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of research on it, but it's just like I don't. I pay attention to what's going on. Um, and yes, there's even a doctor in Texas that was prescribing this to her patient. Um, the pharmacy tried to shut her down, so she had to say she was prescribing it for something else besides. COVID-19, um, that with vitamin C and vitamin D has been proven. And there's a lot of nurses in New York City that have done these little documentaries or just little things on IG, but there is a documentary on YouTube um, where it says that, you know, a lot of these nurses are saying that the ventilators are just blowing the lungs out. Mm-hmm. They're they're getting paid anywhere from the hospitals are getting paid anywhere from twenty nine to thirty nine thousand per patient to say this is COVID nineteen and this is why these people died, but they're doing the ventilators uh, way more than they're supposed to. I'm a phlebotomist. I'm not a nurse. Yeah, well, we don't we don't endorse anything. We're just saying that you know somebody no, that I'm we know use it. And it worked, but we don't endorse anything. I mean, I I don't know the research. I'm not a doctor. We don't know, but we just you know telling people that we do know somebody that took it and are living right now. Yeah, and it works. Yes, I'm I'm, 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 I'm endorsing or saying that this is. I'm just saying from all the research I've done, and I've been doing research on different stuff. Can I say one thing though? Please, YouTube, 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 YouTube videos and Instagram videos are not research. That's, no, that, those things not. can actually be very yeah. misleading. I mean, that's what Donald yeah, Trump did yesterday when he retweeted uh, that that that, that woman from Texas yesterday. Very, it can be very misleading. I don't pay attention to him too much, just okay. to be honest. I don't. It's, and I go into other things. I look up the federal documents that are on the drugs. I mean, I go deeper than that. Okay, just, true. I well, thank you for calling, Mama. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Let's go. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? What's good, Envy? Mom, what's going on? What's up, brother? What's going on? Get it off your chest. Man, you know, just a lot of my mind has been going on. Family members, uh, mental health is very important. 
Um, I'm just trying to figure out what's going on with this individual, man. This person just Which keeps individual? doing the same thing. In your family? It's my my brother. Okay. Um, How old is he? He continued 30. Um, he continued doing the same thing over and over again. I guess he has an alcohol problem. Continued drinking all the time. And I'm just trying to figure out how to help this individual out. You know, trying to tell him what it is about himself. But they seem to just keep going that wrong path. And as it's stressful. I don't like seeing my brother like this. You know what I mean? And I'm trying to reach out to try to see what can I do? What would be the best advice that somebody could give me? Well, you can't help somebody until they acknowledge that they have a problem. You know, like he, he, he has to see it within himself, which is something that they rarely ever do. But you got to find a way to hold that mirror up to that brother and let him see how self-destructive his, his life is right now. How can I show him that? That's the thing. Because I explained it to him. But you're right. He doesn't acknowledge it at all. Who's enabling him? Does he have a place to stay? Does he have money in his pocket? Like, um, currently no job because of the situation. Uh, he does. He, we, we do stay with our father right now. You got to hold that mirror up to him, my brother. You got to let him know he look washed. Right. You know what I'm saying? You got to let him know that his life is going nowhere fast. That he's going, you know, really end up in a really bad place if he doesn't turn his life around right now. And you might have to pay for it for him. <clears throat> Yeah. You might you might have to you mm-hmm. might have to go ahead and pay for pay for the rehab facility and and pull up one day and just drop him off and say, man, won't you stay here for a couple of weeks? And good luck, bro. All right, thank thank you so much. I'll I'll definitely take your advice, Charlemagne, and thank you, Envy, again. And what's going on, Angela Yee? And by the way, make sure you tune in um at at seven seven a.m. this morning because Snoop Dogg has a a friend that's in a similar situation. And he'll be speaking oh, he on that, and how, yeah, 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 yeah. And he, he, he's 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 speaking he's speaking on that, and you know the things he's trying to do to get him help. But it's basically the same thing. You can't help somebody till they want to help, till they help themselves. Gotcha. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's just, it's just stressful to me and my dad. That's all. Yeah. Trying to figure it out, man. And, all right, brother. Thank you all for listening. Good yeah. luck. Yes, sir. Get it off your chest. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. Now you, we got rumors on the way. Yes, and let's talk about Master P. He has a new show that is coming on BET tonight. We'll give you some more information and tell you how you could win a sit-down plus some cash for Master P. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk No Limit. It's about time. What's going on? This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. So Masterpiece's new show, No Limit Chronicles, is actually debuting on BET tonight. So I know you guys are excited for that. That's going to be on at 9 p.m. tonight. Mm -hmm. It's a docuseries, five parts that he's producing alongside Romeo. Yeah, I can't wait for that. And that's the one great thing about college is you get to meet so many people from so many different places. Of course, me being from New York, all I knew was New York music. And one of my roommates was from Mississippi, and he put me on to No Limit in that whole camp. And it really turned me on to, to, to that, that South music in New Orleans. Well, listen to the trailer from the series. Come from the project in New Orleans, we was poor. Kept saying, I'm going to get us out of here. I don't know how. But one day, I'm going to be rich. Nobody was buying the music. It wasn't even a real buzz in the street. Put that same dope mentality that you would do if you're selling drugs into the rap game. He had the best deal at the time of any black-owned record company in history. 
That is not how an artist thinks. That's how a business person thinks. He was a game changer. Greatest team ever assembled. We family. No Limit Records. One of the great dynasties in hip-hop. That's Masterpiece Legacy. Yeah, I'll be sitting down watching that night for sure. Watching mm-hmm. that tonight for sure, man. That's my Absolutely. era. I grew up on No Limit. You know, being from South Carolina, when I saw Master P on the Forbes list back in the day, it really inspired me simply because he was from the South and the mm. content of his music was speaking for the gutter, the trenches. So salute that man. And hopefully Mia X and Fiend get the respect they deserve in this documentary, okay? Because uh, if you ask me personally, I say Mia X, Fiend, and Mac and Soldier Slim were the, were the, were the best... Uh, Lyricists and No Limit, but Mia X used to get busy. Well, in addition to all that, before the show comes on tonight, Master P has this club quarantine with D-Nice happening, so you can listen to D-Nice with Master P first, and then you can watch the show on BET. And Master P is also giving away $10,000 in a one-hour mentor call to a winner. It's the No Limit Chronicles competition that's inspired by his docuseries. So you can upload your pitch on Instagram and tag BET. Use the hashtag No Limit Chronicles competition, and then you can potentially win. That's dope. All right, Little Baby flew out to Wyoming to work with Kanye. This is all following Kanye saying, Little Baby, my favorite rapper, but he won't do a song with me on Twitter. And Little Baby was upset and said he was never even made aware that Kanye West had reached out to him. So now he is out there in Wyoming. Kanye wasted all that, uh, all, all them news headlines and didn't even drop his album. He needed, he mm-hmm. should have dropped that album. He, he, there's, there's nothing he's gonna do for the rest. You know what? I will never. I'm not gonna say that. I'm about to say there's nothing <laughs> he could do for the rest of the year that will garner him the yeah. headlines. Uh, he had them for the, for that week straight. But I could be wrong. This is Kanye West we're talking about. You know he's a perfectionist. Well, he, Maybe his album is not ready, and you know he's not putting it out until he thinks it's ready. You know that. Well, his campaign's not over for him to be president, and he's actually hiring even more staff and mm-hmm. uh, political advisors and people with experience to help him out as he's trying to get on the ballot in more states. So right now, they said in West Virginia, he needs to get uh, 7,144 signatures by Monday to get on that ballot. In addition, the campaign staffers are working in New York to make sure that he can qualify ahead of tomorrow's deadline for the ballot here. He's already submitted paperwork to get on the ballot in New Jersey, Oklahoma, Illinois, Missouri. You know, in Illinois, there's some objections over the validity of some of the signatures that he got. Why are you wasting your breath? Why are you wasting your time? I'm just telling you what's happening. Speaking on this campaign, that's not even real. And this this is what I keep saying. They keep telling us this is the most dangerous election in the world in October, right? We gotta stop playing with Kanye West. That's not even a real thing to discuss. Well, we saw Kim Kardashian was with him in Wyoming, and she was in the car crying. That picture really went viral, and now she's back at home. Could that, could that picture look any more fake and staged? <laughs> I thought so. Mean, how you, the fact how you that they go to Wendy's. The car. Yeah. But they had those super, super zoom lens, those photographers. No, no I look like somebody no from t- Wendy's that took that picture. That, that looked like it was somebody who set that up. Kanye and Kim ain't got no tent. You just happened to catch Kim crying? Come on, man. Drop on the clues. Exactly. Drop on the clues bombs for the Kardashians <laughs> and Kanye West. They, uh, the way they play with people's emotions and play with people's heart strings is actually incredible to watch. Mm. They better than Trump. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right. Now we got front page news next. What are we talking about? Yes. And Joe Biden has released a new plan. You can look at it at JoeBiden.com, but we'll break some of it down for you. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. 
Uh, let me shout out to my brother, uh, DJ Louis V. Louis V is a program director for our station in Atlanta, and I just want to say good morning to that brother, man. He's doing a lot of great things out in Atlanta so far. So shout to Louis V. All right. I'm going to close bonds for Louis V. Okay. South Carolina product right there. Mm-hmm. Louis V. All right. Well, let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, ye? Well, let's start with the NFL. So right now, the NFL and the NFL Players Association have agreed to a plan. Players can opt out of the upcoming season if they're not comfortable with coronavirus health care protocols in place. High-risk individuals will opt out. They'll get a $350,000 stipend. And if you're less at risk, you'll get a $150,000 stipend. So far, 22 people have actually opted out. How do you determine who's at more risk than the other? Based off what this um, is, yeah, that's not fair man. because this 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 virus can affect anybody different ways, even if you have underlying conditions. That's that's and why. You're tra- and, yeah, and, and, I mean, and you're traveling, so you're going to these hotspots. Like, I, like, how do you determine who's more at risk than others? I wonder how. Like, you here's an example, right? Um, Marquise Goodwin from the Eagles. He opted out for the 2020 season. He informed the team that he has a five-month-old daughter after his wife previously had three miscarriages and that family is the most important thing. That's a good reason to not play it. Now, I don't know if that makes you high risk or, you know, having a small baby at home and being concerned about that but or if it's just your underlying health conditions, but that's what the rule is now. Now, Major League oh. Baseball has shut down the Marlins and the Phillies and revised the whole schedule as well. I'm not mad at it. Salute to those brothers for choosing uh, their health over their careers, I guess. Absolutely. Especially they got kids and stuff at home. I'm not mad at it. Yes, as many as 17 members of the Miami Marlins, including 15 players, have tested positive in recent days, and that outbreak did force Mondays and Tuesdays games in Miami and Philly to be postponed. So right now, uh, Marlins and the Phillies are shut down. Mm-hmm. So much sense. going on. Yeah, All right, now... Protected. Joe Biden has unveiled some plans to address systemic racism in the nation's economy. He said this year's election is about understanding people's struggles, and he wants to tear down barriers for minority-owned businesses. One of the things he announced in his proposal emphasized the importance of closing the racial wealth gap. So he talked about multiple ways that he plans to do that, including a small a small business opportunity fund. Here's what he had to say about small businesses. We create a new small business opportunity fund. We're going to make take $30 billion of our Made in America investment and put it into this fund. It will allow the expanded federal support for the most effective state, local, and nonprofit programs to provide venture capital and financing for minority business owners and communities in need. It will also allow us to support community development banks that have a proven record of investing in minority small businesses. That $30 billion is estimated to leverage $150 billion in new financing and equity for more black and brown small businesses. One thing that he also said about these small businesses is tripling the goal for awarding federal contracts to small disadvantaged businesses, which can help businesses greatly. That's like getting your certification and getting contracts with the city. That has made some businesses go from being in the red to actually being million, you know, millions and multi-million dollar businesses. All right, yeah, another thing that he, it, oh, mm-hmm. go ahead. Well, another thing he talked about was home ownership. Expanding black and brown home ownership. My housing plan is going to be a major contributor. From a $15,000 first-time home buyer tax credit 
which means they know once the deal is through, they will get paid the down payment. Expanding affordable housing to, to reversing Trump's efforts to gut fair housing enforcement. He's now trying to scare the hell out of suburbs, saying these rules of Biden, they're causing you to end up, by implication, having those black neighbors next to you. That's supposed to scare people. He also talked about job opportunities. We're going to strengthen the Federal Reserve's focus on racial economic equity. Its existing mandate promotes maximum employment and stable prices. Under my plan, I believe the Fed should add that res- to that responsibility and aggressively target persistent racial gaps in jobs, wages, and wealth, revise its hiring and employment practices, and achieve greater diversity at all levels of the, that institution, including diverse nominees for the Board of Governors and the Regional Federal Bank. Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to uh, read it read it in full yet. Every time I sat down to read it yesterday, somebody interrupted me. I saw the bullet points, the bullet points of what he wants to do, but I have to dig into it, dig into how he actually wants to do it. But a mm-hmm. racial economic equity plan to boost black and Latino finances sounds good. I just got to read the details, man, because the moral of the story is we need access to capital. Okay, capital is yep. the only way. Okay, black people have been starved of capital and knowledge on how to manage it for far too long. So if he's put together an economic equity plan to contribute to us getting to that bag, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. Yeah, all the things he talked about were uh, criminal records that stops black Americans from getting jobs and loans and focusing on that. And, you know, this is the fourth part of his Build Back Better proposal, which is an economic agenda that encompasses all different things. And another thing, I just want to say this in closing, that they were talking about with Joe Biden yesterday was that it looks like Kamala Harris is the front runner as far as VP. They actually had a screenshot of a piece of paper that he had in his hand. I'm sure you guys all heard about this already, right? Mm-mm. Yeah, but the, the, the screenshot was basically just his notes uh, for things mm-hmm. that he wanted to say about Senator Harris while he was on stage. So basically it was um, him saying he's not going to hold a grudge against her. Don't hold a grudge against Senator Harris. Senator Harris uh, helped us campaign and raise Very money. Very helpful so to the campaign. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, but that I mean, is... He'll be, he'll, he'll be announcing next week, August 1st. Yeah. All right, well, that is your front page news. Now, when we come back, Snoop Dogg will be joining us. We'll kick it with Snoop Uncle Dogg. Snoop's. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela E. Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We have a special guest on the line. And one of only two members that, that have ever smoked on the Breakfast Club, and he's smoking right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Snoop Dogg. Hey, 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 good morning. Good morning. No, what's the first? Do you pray first or smoke first when you I get pray. up in the morning? Okay. I pray. All right. I pray that I, I pray that I can see another day and uplift some more spirits and some more souls, and I pray that the rest of my family is still alive when I'm alive when I get up. There you go. We seen a very interesting versus battle the other night. Very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, wasn't the battle supposed to be you and Buster at first? What happened with that? And was that ever supposed to happen? Yeah, that was definitely supposed to happen. But you know, we had some uh, things that was preventing it from happening. It just was a lot going on, but. For the most part, I really, really, me and Buster Rhymes, we really, really, really wanted that, like, bad. Like, because we love each other. We got great history together. We got stories of us being on the road together. So it was going to be a real positive celebration to, to show our music and our skills. But when that didn't happen, DMX was on his way to California, all ready to work with Swiss Beats. So the idea came with, shoot, since X is coming his way, 
dog for dog. Right. And I was like, you know what? That sounds like a, a, a real showdown because I always had a love and a respect for X. And I remember when he was running the rap game for two years straight and I had to take the back seat to him. So I felt like this would be a very interesting battle because I had the rap game in the palm of my hands at one time and he did as well. Do you remember the first time you met X? Yeah, man. It, it, it was at Javarga Square, man. Javarga at a concert I did mm -hmm. way back in the days. And uh, he reminded me. He reminded me because he told the story of how he created the song Get At Me, Dog. Yeah, he heard you say it, yeah. Exactly, and that like kind of like threw me off. It blew my mind because it's like you don't realize how much you influence the hip-hop world until somebody keeps it real and says that. Now, when you're doing your verses and you look at all the lyrics, right? Because, I'm, I'm, you know, we, we vibe and we watching you on TV, we singing the songs, but it's a different feeling now when I got the kids running around. I'm like, yo, get out the room, get out the room because it almost felt like, damn, I, I didn't know... Snoop said that back then. I didn't know DMX said that back then, but it was so natural. But now, up, it just seems a little, it's like, wow, I can't believe Snoop said that. I can't believe DMX did a song about that. But you know what? That's the era that we come from. We were so blunt, and all we knew was what we knew. No, that's real. Cultural context matters. That's why I said all the woke motherfuckers, y'all stay over there while Snoop and DMX <laughs> doing their <laughs> all right? Because when you let bitches ain't fly, I said, God damn, Snoop the real is good lie. And, 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 and I saw all the woke people, especially the woke sisters, was vibing to it, too. They couldn't fake it because it's something about if it feels good to you, it must be good for you. It wasn't aimed at you, you, or you. It was just an expression that we had, and you caught it because you felt like that sometimes, like DMX said. Man, I play this record every time my baby mama, my fiance, every time she get on my nerves, I play this record right here. I'm like, man, because he knew all the lyrics, and it threw me off. Like, when you're a rapper, you don't expect another rapper to know all your lyrics from 27 years ago. Right. Yeah, you look genuinely shocked. I didn't know what that was for. I didn't know if that was because it was DMX. Cause I, I don't know if it was an East Coast thing. Like, damn. Because the East Coast, got people didn't like to give it up for the West Coast artists like that back then. But now I guess it's cool. I think that's probably what it was, because I know when we dropped the Chronic album, we basically shook up the whole industry. And my mission was to impress the East Coast. So I wanted to make a stamp to where they would respect me, appreciate me, and love me. Because every time I came to the Big Apple, if I seen an EPMD, a KRS-One, an LL Cool J, Kid Capri, whoever the f*** I seen, I made it a must to break through security and go tell them, I love y'all, I f*** with y'all, I'm a fan. Even if I was bigger than them at the time. And that's why I felt like my relationships with some of these rappers on the East has always been solidified by me being genuine and saying, I love you, cuz. You, you, you spoke in the battle, too, how you wrote for Dr. Dre, but then you also let other people write for you. Which, which one do you prefer? I like them both. I'll give you a great story. Me and the DOC, this one of the greatest writers in hip-hop, we're in here writing this song, struggling with this beat. We can't come up with shit. It's like the fourth day. Dr. Dre fly from New York into L.A. We all in the studio. 30 minutes later, that shit is done. He wrote Dre and my shit, and it was flawless. And me and DOC was like, well, looks like this outstruck us on this one. So we're going to take the back seat, and I'm going to accept it. And it was still Dre, and it was Jay-Z, and he wrote the whole fucking song. How was that session? Because that is such a West Coast beat. That's such a West Coast feel. Like, when you think of West Coast music as a DJ, that's the first record, one of the first records you go to besides G thing. So how was that session, him writing on feeling like that West Coast. Well, Jay-Z is a, a great writer to begin with for himself. 
So imagine him striking up for somebody that he truly loves and, and, and appreciates. So he loves Dr. Dre. That's what his pen showed you. Yeah, people was wondering why you didn't play it. Because it's not my record and Jay-Z wrote it. I, I wouldn't have got a point if a New York <laughs> would have slid on that chat and been like, no, nah, Jay-Z. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I was to go up against Hove, I think he would play that on me like, <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, no, you cheating, girl. You can't do that. I remember there was a rumor back in the day that that Hove was a, a sneaky crip. You know what? He got sly lines, you know what I'm saying? He be getting his little walk on with his with his literature, you know what I'm saying? We read between the lines. Like, we got lingo that he really identifies with us on some real slick crip, you know what I'm talking about? I got to ask you this. Even though the versus battle is a celebration, right, and you and DMX are cool, when you were doing the battle, are there certain rounds you felt like you didn't win? Yeah. When I dropped Deep Cover, I thought I was strong right off the gate. And then a nigga hit me with a poem going into his shit about a drive-by. And then it says something about something, something. All you do is talk about a drive-by. And all you do is just drive-by. Boom. And the music came on. I was like, damn, I lost that with the setup <laughs> and the, and the over, overhand right and the whole nine. You know what I'm saying? I, I go with shit like that. I go with style points. I go with how you set the song up, how emotional the song is, what's the feedback, what's the feel. And did the song make me? Get up. You may get that point, or I may lose half a point for being so into your shit. Yeah, I mean, the thing about you and X-Man, we both love y'all spirit. Yeah. So so it's like X music is great, and you just love X, and you root for X. Same thing with you, but that music, man, that stuff y'all was making, man, those are weapons of mass destruction. It's just, it's just different levels to me. You got to look at what Dr. Dre was always up against. He was never like the greatest producer in the world when he was with NWA, and he was making the greatest music in the world, but they wasn't giving him that. So when he finally got a chance to get with Death Row Records and have a breath of fresh air, some new MCs and a, a new new light, he was definitely going to show his ass. And from that point on, I feel like Dr. Dre put his stake down as like, I'm the dopest producer in hip-hop. I don't give a f where you from. You can't with me. Everything I put out spent off and spent off something tremendous. And I started careers that ain't never died. You ain't put out a nigga from the West, a from the Midwest, a from the East, and all of them successful? Yeah. Eminem, white rappers had zero respect in rap. He has probably put Eminem in a position where he could be labeled as one of the top 10 rappers ever. I don't think so, but the game feels like he's top 10 lyricists and all that that comes with it, but that's just because he's with Dr. Dre, and Dr. Dre helped him find the best Eminem that he could find. I respect Eminem, and I can see why people would have him in his top 10, top 5. I personally don't. You've been, around, you've been around a long time. Why don't you have him in your top 10? Because there's some niggas in the 80s that he can't f with. Like who? Like Rakim, like Big Daddy Kane. Yes, sir. Like KRS-One, like LL Cool J, like Ice Cube. Yeah, the 80s don't get the respect it deserves, and it's weird because the 80s, Bred superstars like yourself, like Biggie, like Wu Tang Clan, like Nas. Like I wonder why that why, why that eighties that 80s class don't get that respect when they talking about well, top tens and top fives and all that. Well, when we came, we tried to take them out. That's why. But a lot of us gave them respect, and then a lot of us really wanted their spot. Just like now, what the little niggas do now to us? Y'all ain't goats. We the OGs. We the goats. We this. So it's like. That's what the game is built about. Hip-hop is a young man's game. It's not an old man's game. All right, we got more with Snoop Dogg. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Snoop Dogg. Charlamagne? 
And Snoop, I laughed so damn hard when you posted that meme about Queen Jada Pinkett Smith bringing herself to the red table talk when it said when Jada cheated on Willis like she cheated on all of us. Did you even hesitate to post that? Like, let me not be petty. <laughs> that. <laughs> that. Teddy Riley to the Teddy Riley to the table. Quit playing, Charlamagne. You know every moment we get to be motherfucking petty. If you don't knock it off as, as much as you be doing on the petty <laughs> and I'm firing off every chance I get. You dragged me to the table and made me spill my heart out and pour my soul out you. Now I need to get my get back. <laughs> <laughs> they brought you to the principal's office, man. Red Table Talk. Man, the they had office. me triple teamed in there with the little <laughs> sis, grandma, and her. I was like, man, I, this ain't going to end well. I better, I better fix my time. I'm not going to leave here. <laughs> Now, Snoop, last time you were up here, I think it was uh, last August, you talked about the Kardashians, and you said Travis Scott better get out and Kanye West better get out. What did you know that the world didn't know at that time? That that movie Get Out has some similarities to that house. Mm -hmm. And I don't like not nobody or whatever how they get out, but I'm just looking at the statistics of the men that come in and how they leave. And <laughs> it, just, it just ain't right, like. I'm not picking on nobody. I'm just saying it's just something strange going on over there. I've been invited over there a couple of times. I ain't never went. That says a lot, though, Snoop, because you, you, you a person that, you know, you, you tend to kick it with a little bit of everybody. And I'm cool with Chloe, my homegirl. Uh, I love Kendall. Kylie cool with me. I don't know the uh, Courtney and Kim have like a, like a you know, because I keep it real, so they kind of like this with me. You know what I'm saying? So, right. But, and, they, and the moms is cool as hell with me, so I ain't got no issues with nobody in that house. I'm just giving you my perspective of it. Yeah. Show looks strange when a nigga leave that motherfucker. He don't come out the same way. Well, you know what, Snoop, you did get some backlash for being in the studio with Kanye, right? After you had. Well, let, let me let me say this. Mm -hmm. Dr. Dre called me to the studio because Dr. Dre was producing Kanye's album. I don't know if y'all knew that or not. I may be spilling the beans, but I'm gonna clear this shit up. Mm -hmm. Dr. Dre called me to come get on the project that he was doing with Kanye. So I said, I'll do anything for you, Dr. Dre. When I get there, cuz is there, he playing me his shit. It's sounding good. The, the mind sound like he right. He in the right spirit. He rapping his shit. The shit he's saying is spiritual is dope. And I'm telling him, you back. He like, I want to get you on something. No problem. Put my thing down for the spirit. I'm going to give you that because it's hip hop. And I was with you before you went crazy. And it looked like you back to being normal again. So I'm going to give you that. Did, did that conversation ever come up with you and Kanye? Did any of, that, any of that come up? Did you have to tell him how you feel about any of that he was doing? Man, one thing about me and Kanye, we've been real since we've been real with each other. And certain things don't even need to be discussed. That wasn't the moment or the time or the mode. It was, he was happy to see me. I was happy to see him. And it was a brotherhood. It wasn't about what we did in the past. It was about let's move forward and try to get to what we had. And when I sized him up and seen his mental and, and what he was on and what he was spitting, I was like, he got his together. So... I can get out with him because it's been times in the past where I've been asked to f with him, and I was like, I ain't fing with him. Pac was a Gemini, Kanye is a Gemini. Are, are there any similarities between them as artists and, 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 I, and I guess people? That work ethic, they both got that same kill instinct in the studio. Those is killers. Now that you said that, I feel a lot of Kanye is Tupac with his aggression and his energy. It's just Tupac knew how to aim it differently. Like, it used to be a time where Kanye was a perfectionist at telling stories and expressing what he felt. And then it just feels like now he's, like, he's losing the message behind what is real and what's fake. Like, you got to really push what you're speaking on. And in the past, you really knew what you were speaking to. And you could be asked questions about it, 
and you could answer intelligently. Now when a nigga asks you questions, his answer this is given nowadays is like, damn, what f***ing history book this nigga reading out of? <laughs> Have you been watching Corrupt on Mary's Boot Camp at all? Sad. We tried to get him help, you know what I'm saying? But you got to want to help yourself. So with that being said, I watched the show, disappointed. Don't like how they got my nigga out there. But he a grown-ass man, and I feel like this is going to help him see what we've been trying to tell him for the past three years. Cug, go get you some help. Get off that bottle. Get in the gym. Drink some water. You know what I'm saying? But when you're going through issues, you know, you lose your mother. Uh, you, you get divorced. It's like a lot of shit that's going on in this head that we wasn't prepared for when we left there for a record. We wasn't taught a lot of this shit. A lot of us started families and just had to figure it out. So, you know, we praying for him. I love him to death. And I just want to see him get some help. And hopefully this television show can help him get some help. Right. It sounds like Corrupt got a lot of unresolved trauma that he probably needs therapy for. And, you know, I'm, I'm a praying man, too, but I believe in therapy as well. Is, is therapy something you believe in, Snoop? Definitely. That's a lot of issues in the black communities that we don't admit that we have mental issues and we need therapy. We need conversation. We need expression. We need to, to be able to get off what we hold on to. And I said that earlier. We like to let build up and then we take it out on the wrong person. And that goes with therapy. If you have therapy, then you may be able to express and scream and yell at your therapist and get that out and go back home and have a basic conversation as opposed to arguing all the time at home. Have you ever sat down with a therapist? A couple of times. I went to a marriage counselor before. You got to do things to keep the together. And sometimes it don't work with y'all conversation because you got your views, she got her views. You know what I'm saying? You need somebody to step in the middle and be like, you was wrong as a mother. Man, you've been a superstar for a long time, Snoop, and people think you just naturally cool. They think it's the weed. They say, man, Snoop always happy. I can look at Snoop and hear Snoop talk and tell Snoop did the work on himself. I can tell Snoop been to therapy. I can see you got God in your life. How did you get to that space? How did you not lose yourself in the, in the industry? I had it all taken away from me. You know, I was the dopest in the world. My record came out doggy style. I was in the, I'm in the Guinness Book of World Records. For the first debut artist to debut number one, all kind of little bullshit to come with it. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I had all of that riding high, and then that shit was just taken away. I'm fighting for my life, a murder case. Then when I beat the murder case, my friend gets killed. Label falls apart. Label comes after me. I'm getting death threats. This want my life. I have no money, no label, no friends. Some of the homies turned on me because they was paid off. So it was stripped. So I had to find myself then. Am I going to go? stupid gangster and kill up all of these bitches. or am I going to find me and get in tune with God and find my spirit and my real reason to be here? You you got to tell me about the first time you went to therapy and what made you go, man. The first time I went to therapy, I was having anger issues and I just wanted some help. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't want to talk to nobody black. I wanted to get a different perspective on me. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't think that that was racist by me saying it. I think it was just I needed a different opinion and evaluation because I've been getting the same nobody gives a f he's Snoop Dogg he's a star I did the same thing I wanted to talk they'll excuse everything you know pay this or buy this I wanted somebody to tell me the truth on where I'm f***ing up at where I need to tighten up at where am I leaking at what is my spirit what's my purpose and to tune in with somebody who didn't know me and for me to just open myself up and say all the wrong and the that I did it helped me find a way to just be honest that's real did you, did you and Gail King ever talk Never. And I reached out numerous times, put the invitation out, and I still got it open. So I don't want to put no pressure on her or stress her to do it. But whenever she's ready, 
I'm ready. It wasn't personal. It just was a reaction to my my friend. Kobe Bryant was my friend, man. And mm-hmm. At that time, I wasn't trying to hear nobody say nothing bad about him. And that's just that. All right, when we come back, we got more with Snoop Dogg. Let's get into a Snoop Dogg mini-mix. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. That was a Snoop Dogg mini-mix. Snoop's still in the building. Charlamagne? What, what happened to your store, Snoop? Wasn't you opening up a, a, a storefront called Snoop Dogg? Yes, it's coming. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to put that out there right now. I think I want to wait until... You know, civilization get back to being civilized. You know what I'm saying? Right now, we're slanging it online right now. You can buy products online on SnoopDog.com or, you know, the SnoopMarket.com. You can get that. Yeah, I mean, you're such a Los Angeles landmark, man. I feel like you need to have a, a destination location when people come to L.A. Nipsey used to always talk about, God bless the dead, Nipsey used to always talk about uh, they should have like a Snoop land, like a, 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 a amusement park. Uh-huh. <laughs> he did. Though. He used to always tell me that man. Like, uh, you need to put together a motherfucking doggy land, cuz, where they got 40-ounce roller coasters and all kind of hood <laughs> in there. They selling uh, house shoes. And I'm like, cuz, I don't get it. But when you come, when y'all come to L.A., y'all got to come to my facility, the compound, where we did the versus battle. Mm-hmm. I think I have my doggy land. Earlier we were talking about how you've done pretty much everything and done so much. So what is there left for Snoop to do? Like, what is still on your bucket list? Yeah, well, right now, for the past three years, I've been working with the special stars, special needs kids. So we got the Snoop special stars. Y'all know I got my football league, Snoop's uh, youth football league. We got kids in the NFL, college, high school doing their thing. But we started the Snoop special stars about three years ago to deal with special needs kids. And I tell you, this is some of the most beautiful shit you'd ever want to see in your life. To see a special needs kid come out there and be very, very bashful. Then all of a sudden we get to coaching him and playing with him and talking to him and visiting him in time. And then before you know it, that kid comes out their shell and they dance and having a good time and celebrating. And they doing things that normal kids do. And it puts a smile on the parents' face. We have older people in the league. It's not just for kids. It's Snoop Special Stars. So we had a banquet that we did where we made them all dress up and we gave them all awards. So we had a particular part of the show. We brought a, a guy named Tommy the Clown who's a dancer out here. He came in dancing, and it was one guy, a 77-year-old man, and he got up and he was dancing, and the dancing was over, and he still was dancing. And when the night was over, his wife came to me, and she said, baby, my husband ain't got up and danced in over 30 years. Wow. You have touched his spirit, and I swear to God, I started crying. It was so deep, and it's no cameras on it. It's to put the spirit back into the community of the special needs. Have you ever had one of the special needs kids ask you to hit the weed? No, but one of the little is like, hey, what's up with you and Suge Knight? That is still on your head? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the is you talking about? You supposed to be special needs and you ask me some <laughs> like that. Get your ass out of this, out of this class. Ain't nothing wrong with you. <laughs> hey, hey, Snoop, I'm glad that you're going to be on that No Limit doc too, man, because I feel like that's a part of your life that, that doesn't get told enough. Man, do you realize that that saved my life? Like, Masterpiece saved my life? I was going to put an album out called F*** Death Row, and Mac-10 was going to give me a million dollars to put it out. It was going to be on Who Banging Records. No. And, and Who Banging Records and No Limit Records was all up under Priority Records and Ice Cube label. So I would go up there to see Mac-10. And when I would go up there, I would have to pass by Masterpiece, uh, No Limit sh- to get to Mac-10. I passed by one day, Mystical in there. He like, what's up? I'm like, what's up? I f- with you. I f- with you. We're going to be at the studio tonight. Come by. All right, cool. I come by the studio. Get on the song. Master P like, how much you want for the song? 
In my mind, I'm like, I'm broke right now. I ain't getting no money. Give me 15. But I'm thinking like 1500 because I just need something. I come back the next day, Master P wrote me a check for 35000 So I'm like, oh, I like this style. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So now he called me to his office. He said, what you working on? I said, I got this album called Death Row. It's my heart. He like, hold on, bro. He closed the door. And I'm like, man, you ain't going to live to see that album come out. He said, don't do that, bro. You can't make no record talking about death row and shit, man. You gotta let that go, man. He said, let me, let me give you, let me give, let me make an offer to you. Let me make a proposal to you. My own boy Marvin Watkins, rest in peace, was the middleman to this. Mm-hmm. And him and Marvin put together a play that sounded good. And then flew me to New Orleans. And when I, I took my father, my cousin, Daz, and I think I took one more person with me. And this drove me around the neighborhood and said, pick any house you want. And at that time, I was living in a house. That was under Suge Knight's name. All my cars, under Suge Knight's name. So for a nigga to show me, damn, you could have your own sign on the dotted line, I had to say, you know what? that. I'm going with this So he was like, if you sign with me, you got to come down to New Orleans. You can't be out here. So I came, picked the house out, picked out a car for my wife, a car for me, got the house furnished, flew my wife and my kids to New Orleans, and three years later, I did that. What happened to that album? Like the songs on it? I don't know. <laughs> some of them, you know, I used to live in a house. And when I moved out the house, I think some of that shit was just left there. When I went to No Limit, I bought a new studio, new everything, new car, new furniture. Like all that shit in LA, didn't, I didn't give a fuck about none of that shit. So, so the whole project was a diss record? The whole death row? Like, so it was aimed at, I'm assuming, Suge, and who else would it be aimed at? Whoever was over there, Woody. <laughs> Damn. Now, what made you what made you comfortable to leave New Orleans and say, now nah, I can go back to L.A.? What made you want to go back to L.A. and leave New Orleans? My first album, everything was beautiful. I shot a movie. The record did double platinum. We was on tours. We was eating. Second album, No Limit Top Dog. I started double dutching back to L.A., calling on my L.A. producers more, and then going sneaking back, getting a song from this and a song from this just testing my feet out. The third record, The Last Meal, that's why I call it The Last Meal, because it's the last time motherfuckers was going to eat off of me. So my mission was to go back to L.A. on the last album, and by the grace of God, Dr. Dre was working on The Chronic 2001. Wow. Dr. Dre had just found a white boy named Eminem. I was on my last album. Dre liked the shit I had on my album, and he normally don't like my when it ain't his shit. Mm-hmm. And that nigga mixed the whole album, No Limit. I mean, he mixed the whole album, The Last Meal. And me and him got our groove back. And I was like, man, No Limit got my spirit back, but that's the nigga I need to be in the car with. And Master P, at the third album, he was like, you can do what the fuck you want to do. You can go start your own label, do your... And I was like, you the realest nigga I ever met, cuz. Because anybody else would have been like, you know I'm going to get 10% override of everything you do from here on out because I put you back in the game. That didn't want no nothing for me. Let me get back with Dre. We did the motherfucking Chronic 2001. Eminem album came out. The Eastsiders album came out. We went on the Up and Smoke tour. Everything was back in pocket. It was like, come on, man. You know what that felt like when that thing came out? How did you, like, you said you was broke. How'd you go broke after doggy stuff? How about all the money was being given to me? It wasn't like a was going to his mailbox getting checks. It was like it was being dispersed. I was a young artist. Mm-hmm. So at that time... Labels would give you money. You know, independent labels like Death Row, you know, 50000 a month. 
not knowing that these is getting three, four hundred thousand a month off of me. But then I'm fighting a murder case. So they got to take those finances to fight the case and discoveries and evidence and this and that and that and that and this and that I don't know about. You get what I'm saying? So all of that from you. Yeah. And I can't dispute it. Like you fighting for my life. What I look like telling my lawyer, hey, man, they stealing money from me. They trying to get my life back. Wow. Well, Uncle Snoop, we appreciate you for joining us this morning. And so many gems, man. You can sit here and talk to Snoop forever. Y'all know I'm a big fan of the Breakfast Club. I asked to be on this motherfucking show. Y'all wasn't looking for me. I was looking for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so next you... time we go to Paris and we'll smoke together, I'll take two puffs. One. You got to okay. get to two. You write one. <laughs> now, I just want, hey, I just want to always salute you, Snoop, man, because you are an icon in this game, man. And you know, Absolutely. I don't like, I don't want to, I don't like celebrating people after they're gone. I want to celebrate them while you're here because, you know, just just for you to still be walking amongst us, a, a, a living legend for real, for real. It's like looking at Bigfoot, a Loch Ness monster. It's like, man, that's Snoop, dog. That's right. Hey, man, I treasure those moments that I, that I could give people that add on to this legacy. But I'm just doing God's work, and I'm here to do what I'm supposed to do. I found out how to master me, man. All right. Well, thank you, Uncle Snoop. We love you. Snoop D-O-W-G. Breakfast Club. Snoop Dogg. In the morning, baby. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk to Emmys. It's time. She's spilling the tea. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Yes, so the Emmy nominations are in, and things are, of course, a bit different this year because of coronavirus. Leslie Jones hosted the nominations from an empty set, and she said they flew her in on a private plane to ensure her safety also. So that's how the announcements were made. And this year, there were a record number of black actors who were nominated. Mm-hmm. It was uh, 102 acting nominees this year across lead, supporting, and guest categories. And 35 of those slots went to black actors. So that's a huge increase from last year. Okay. Okay. That's great. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell sal- you some people. I'm not going sal- to salute the mm-hmm. Emmys for what they should have been doing. But, yes, I'm happy for those people. Right, and so let's talk about some of the people who were nominated. Now, I love that Yvonne Orgy, of course, posted herself on her Instagram page, and that was her telling her parents that she was nominated for an Emmy for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series for Insecure. Mommy, Daddy, I just got nominated for an Emmy. Got nominated for Emmy. (laughs) Congratulations. Oh, my goodness. Goodness. Emmy, not even... uh... The little ones. No. <laughs> not even the little ones. I don't know which ones the little ones are, but yes, no, not the little ones, the big one. Even we are proud of you. Thank you. Salute to Yvonne Orgy. Very well deserved, man. Yvonne Orgy is super talented. She mm-hmm. kills that role of Molly. That role of Molly is becoming like a a, a, a cultural figure in black television. So salute to Molly, man. Yvonne yeah, Orgy. you know she killed that role because she had me mad at her for real in real life. I was like, yo, what is wrong with you? We, we've been emotionally we've been emotionally invested in Insecure for a few seasons now. And that's when you know you got a great show, when you get emotionally invested into these characters. Don Cheadle was nominated for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series for Black Monday. Anthony Anderson got an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series for Blackish. Issa Rae got an Emmy nomination for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy for Insecure. Tracy Ellis Ross, Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series for Blackish. Uh, Mahershala Ali was nominated for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. 
for Rami and um, Keenan Thompson, outstanding supporting actor in a comedy series for Saturday Night Live. I mean, so many people, Eddie Murphy for outstanding guest actor for Saturday Night Live, Yvonne Orji, we told you, Wanda Sykes, Billy mm-hmm. Porter. Uh, Zendaya was nominated for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series for Euphoria. I thought she did a great job on that show. Great show. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, Dandy Newton, amazing. Laverne Cox. Octav- Octavia Spencer got a nomination for Self Made. Regina King for Watchmen. Carrie Washington for Little Fires Everywhere. Love that show. Angela Bassett. Uh, Maya Rudolph. She's actually going up against herself in a category also. Felicia Rashad for This Is Us. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, just so many people nominated. So I might want to watch now, this year. Okay. Now, see, here's, here's the thing. We we know that a lot of this is overcompensation for the many years that they've gotten it wrong and the fact that, you know, this is a Black Lives Matter year. So I'm not just going to be happy with nominations. I need to see at least 70% of those people win, not just because they're black, but because they deserve it. Right. You're not going to sit here and tell me Zendaya don't deserve an award for Euphoria. Okay? So Yeah, so... Uh, do right, Emmys. Don't just nominate. I'm going to be watching because I want to see what happens. But I will say I do feel like we do have a lot more content on television now, too. So it's important for our yep. stories to get told by us. All mm-hmm. right. And I would Rick love Russell to see too. Yvonne Orji win for that supporting actress, too. Man, I would love to see her parents' reaction when that happens. All right. Rick Ross and 2 Chains are set for the next versus battle. Are you all excited for this? It's going down Thursday, August 6th. What do I'll you think? be watching. I don't. I don't know about the matchup, but I'll be watching. I, w- I would love to see. I would love to see Ross and Jeezy, um, but I definitely would be watching. Nah. Uh, Ross and Two Chains is a good matchup. Um, I think. I think Ross and Ross and Ti might have been a little, a little bit, a little bit better. I'd like to see Jeezy and, and and Gucci, but I'm not mad at Ross and Two Chains at all. I'm not mad. Yeah, at I want to see that. I want to see that. They both have a lot of hits, a lot of sneaky. So who do you think is going to win? Since since y'all acting like it's not a good matchup. I didn't. Who said it's not a good matchup? I thought you said you would like to see a different one. So no, I just said I would. Why. I, I would have loved to see Jeezy and, and Ross, but Ross I, I, I think it's a good matchup. Well, I think Ross and Ti would have made a lot more sense because they actually had some tension back in the day. If you know anything about you know that that whole situation, like you know, I'm talking to you was allegedly about but Ross, and Ross you, wrote, wrote in his book about how he had a little tension with Ti. And if you look at you know just both of them, Ross and Ross and Ti would have been a good matchup. But, but Ross, like Ross and Jeezy had tension too. Ross and Jeezy had tension. Ross, they definitely had attention. I mean, I wouldn't be mad at Ross and Jeezy, but no, nobody want no smoke with that Jeezy catalog. But T.I., let me see, T.I. and Ross, I mean, 2 Chains and Ross is a good one. I would have to give the slight edge to Ross. Slight, slight, slight edge to Ross, but it Slice depends. It um, Just Ross has one of the greatest catalogs in hip-hop ever. People can, you know, try to deny it because he's from the South, but Ross absolutely, positively, musically, has one of the greatest catalogs in hip-hop ever. But 2 Chains. Got a sneaky, dope-ass catalog, too. Cause two, he that's what I said. 2 Chains got a them, sneaky catalog. He, they got go, a lot of records. He goes back to them Player Circle days, them Trapavelli mixtapes, them, 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 them true mixtapes. Like, I've been a 2 Chains fan since he was Titty Boy. So, I, that's, that's, that's for me, that's going to be a tough matchup. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I thought I, it was I, a pretty good matchup. Like, that's one I can't really predict. Um, I would, I would probably give the slight edge to Ross. I would give, I would give the slight edge to Ross. But it's going to be a good matchup. But I'm not sleeping on two chains at all. And I know you guys saw Juicy J try to call out Nas and say he wanted to battle Nas. That doesn't even sound right. Juicy. No, that doesn't even sound right. Don't put no mustard in the banana pudding juice. Yuck. Okay, 36, exactly. 36 Mafia versus Nas, that's not a good combination at Mm -mm. all. No, stop, Juicy. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Missy. Shalabang. Yes, sir.
Who are you giving that donkey to? Uh, we need Terry Crews to come to the front of the congregation. We like to have a word with him. I really haven't been paying attention to what's going on with him, but I, I am now. I'm in tune. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Just don't be a donkey, because right now you want some real donkey shit. It's time for Donkey of the Day. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, man, <laughs> hit me with the heat. Did she get donkey in the day? Please tell me. Absolutely. I have become donkey of the day. At the Breakfast Club, bitches. You're a donkey. Donkey of the day for Wednesday, July 29th goes to Terry Crews. God bless Terry Crews. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's celebrating a born day tomorrow. Uh, that man will be 52 years old. God bless him. I truly mean that because age is a blessing. Every day you're hearing stories of young people waking up dead. Okay, you got one-year-olds out here getting killed in these streets, 20-somethings. Uh, this thing called life is not promised, so if you make it to 52, you should celebrate that. Not only celebrate that, but don't be afraid to grow. Okay, don't be afraid to be who you are. At 52, you should be at the point in your life where you don't need any validation from anyone except yourself. Could someone please pass Terry Crews that memo? Okay, now, I am a reformed bully. I can admit that. All right, been this way since grade school. And one thing I love to do is once I tag you with something, meaning once I say something to you or call you something that I visibly see bothers you, I'm going to go heavy on that. You know that old saying, never let them see you sweat? Oh, when I see that perspiration on your forehead, when I see you visibly upset about something, I have a tendency to twist that knife. Okay, I am working on myself, people. But that's one thing that I can't let go of. You know who else can't let it go? Social media. When social media sees that you are visibly upset, when they see you can't stop reacting to something that was said about you, doing videos about something that was said about you, doing interviews about something that was said about you, when you can't stop tweeting about something that was said about you, uh, guess what social media does? They go heavy on whatever it is, okay? Whatever it is you visibly upset about, that's what they will go heavy on, and that's why you can't react to everything, okay? Uh, nobody has informed Terry Crews' big grown ass about this because at some point on social media, Terry Crews got called a coon. Now, the dictionary defines the word coon as slang that is extremely offensive uh, to a black person. All right, Urban Dictionary defines it as an insulting term used by both races. Okay, when used by whites, it translates to the N-word. When used by blacks, it's describing an Uncle Ruckus type of character. Uncle Ruckus being from the boondocks. I don't have time to explain. If you're not of our, of, of our culture, then you just have to keep up. Okay, a black person who is ignorant to white discrimination and unknowingly suffers from self-hatred. Uh, that is what Urban Dictionary says a coon is. It also says a black man who only dates white women or only finds white women attractive. Urban Dictionary gives a couple of examples uh, for you to understand. Um, Samuel L. Jackson played a coon in the movie Django. You understand now? Or another example Urban Dictionary gives, great, the only black newscaster for Fox didn't find anything wrong with the white policeman only arresting the black kids and a group of black and white kids. What a coon. So, yes, coon is not something you want to be labeled as. And Terry Crews has become the poster child for coons in 2020. Uh I wasn't really paying attention. I don't see how this happened. Uh, I have a little timeline here that my producer put together. Uh, there was a moment when he said he didn't want black people to become black supremacists. I saw that, ignored it. Let's hear what he said on the talk. Supremacy can't really happen, but spiritually it can. In your head, you can look at yourself and you can develop a dangerous self-righteousness that could really, imper it could really hurt what we're trying to do right now. We have to include this white voice, this, this Hispanic voice, this Asian voice. We have to include it right now because if we don't, 
It's going to slip into something we are we are really not prepared for. <sighs> yeah, and when he was on Don Lemon, it was because he tweeted out, we must ensure Black Lives Matter doesn't turn into Black Lives Better. Let, let's listen. What I was issuing was a warning. When you have the leaders of the Black Lives Movement who are now talking about, you know, if we don't get our demands, we're going to burn it down. Other black people who are talking about working with other whites and other races, they're, they're being viewed as sellouts. And I viewed it as a very, very dangerous self-righteousness that was developing that, that really viewed themselves as better. It was a, almost a supremacist move. Their black lives mattered a lot more than mine. Yeah, see, I tune all of that type of stuff out. Yeah, that, I, I can see why he's been labeled a coon. I, I just know that, you know, he's been defending himself against that label. Okay, y'all got Terry Crews cornered in the bathroom the way Damon had Money Mike cornered in the bathroom in Friday after next. That's right, okay? He, and he's, he's, he's been looking for the pliers to apply to y'all b- so he can get up out of there. And yesterday he decided to fight for his manhood yet again when he decided to create an acronym for the word COON. Terry Crews simply tweeted out, C-O-O-N, conquer your own negativity. Drum fart on this acronym. I, I love a good acronym. Uh, cream, cash rules everything around me. Peace, positive energy, activates constant elevation. Snitch, sorry N-word, I'm trying to come home. Bible, basic instructions before leaving Earth. I love a great acronym. Coon is not a great acronym. The reason Coon is not a great acronym is because there is nothing great about the word Coon. There is no way you can make this word a term of endearment. It's not happening. And you, Terry Crews, will be fighting against that label for the rest of your life. But my question is simply, who are you trying to convince? Who are you trying to convince that you aren't a Coon? Yourself? Why do you care? If you believe what you are saying is true, if you truly believe Black Lives Matter shouldn't turn into Black Lives Better and Black people have to hold themselves accountable before they hold white folks accountable, if you believe all that, stand on your words and stop trying to convince people that you are not a coon. Because, Terry, these brothers and sisters that's out there on the front lines fighting for justice for people that have the same skin color as you, in spite of you, okay, they don't care what you're talking about. Because they're busy doing the work. How about you, as a soon-to-be 52-year-old man, start leading with actions and deeds and not words and lip service, okay? And dumbass acronyms, all right? See, I have no problem with people, you know, having a difference of opinion. I don't believe it's just one way to black liberation. I think black conservatives should be heard just like black liberals. Everybody deserves to be heard. Only thing I ask of black people is simply don't get in each other's way. And Terry Crews, your big ass is in the way. And I have an acronym for in the way black folks like you, and it's simple. Tomorrow is your B-Day. You will be 52. Terry Crews, I want you to go outside and look into that beautiful blue sky. Take a deep breath, like... (sighs) Let it come through your nostrils and and out your mouth. Just a deep breath, all right? And there's going to be this big star in the sky in the middle of the day. In fact, it's at the center of the solar system, but we are blessed to see it every day. It provides warmth, just a nearly perfect spear of hot plasma. We love when it shines on us, and yes, I'm talking about the sun. Terry, I want you to look up at that sun. Think about how good that sun feels after the rain, especially after after the rain. Let it shine on you, and let that sun serve as a reminder to shut up, Sun, S-U-N. Shut up, n***a. That's what you need to do, Terry Crews. Happy born day. Please give Terry Crews the sweet sounds of the Hamiltons. Oh, now you are the donkey. Mm.
Well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Now, up next is Ask Yee. 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, call Yee right now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. What you want to know? Baby mama issues? Need some words of wisdom? Call up now for Ask Yee. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. Come on, relationship advice need personal advice just need real advice call up now for ask ye keep the real morning everybody it's dj nv angela ye charlamagne the guy we are the breakfast club it's time for ask ye hello who's this this is elizabeth hey elizabeth what's your question for ye after um 14 years i have decided to um ask my husband for a divorce um based upon the fact that he refuses to handle his responsibilities as the man of my household. Um, we have three children together, um, three boys. We have, well, I've built a life for us. And I want to know how can I walk away from this situation and be confident in this decision. So you're leaving him because? Financially, he will not help me support our family. Okay. Is it that you don't know if this is the right decision or you just need to f- that extra push? Uh, yeah, just that extra push. Um, I mean, this is the only person I've been with since the age of 16. This half mm-hmm. of my life. Um, and, you know, as much as I love him, um, I need more. We, we have a family. We have, you know, bills. We have things that we're trying to accomplish. And it's very hard to do so when only one person is working towards that goal. You want it. What you want right now is a partner, and he's not stepping up to the plate to be that partner. You know, I will say a couple of things here. Sometimes, right, a real wake-up call is when you do leave somebody because that might help him get his act together because maybe he feels enabled right now with you taking care of things, and he's so used to that that when he has to figure out things on his own, that might actually be beneficial for him. And I've heard that. Um, I've tried to, you know, well, we've separated um, twice before, uh, and, you know, he'll do the right thing, say the right thing, you know, make me um, feel like he's making the change. And then um, I'll, you know, come back trying to make my family work. And within six months, it's right back to the same thing. Right. So at this point, I'm like, I've got to stick to it. Do you still love him? Are you still in love with him? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, it just sounds like maybe... And you said you've done this before, but it might have to be a situation where you guys are separated and you are kind of building things out on your own. And if he can't step up to the plate permanently and you, you know, and you don't go back until he has everything together, a steady job. I don't know what it is about him. Is there something that happened to him? Like what is his past is growing up with his parents, how he was raised? What is it about him that it seems like he can't seem to grasp this responsibility? Uh, I, I think he's, so he's the baby um, mm-hmm. on his side of the family, and I think that has um, allowed a lot of the enabling um, his whole life because it's not just me. You know, um, he right. can go to his parents and ask his parents for help, and they'll help him. Um, you know, I mean, and he has, you know, some medical conditions that he has, you know, found out about within the last maybe six years. 
Um, but he also doesn't make an effort to do what needs to be done to take care of those either. So he's left in a situation to where he's, he's trying to fight for disability, you know, and not wanting, not having that motivation to really do much. And right. Like I said, I've, I've tried to be understanding of it, but it, it's, it's been going on too long. It's been going on his whole life. But do you feel like he'll still handle his responsibilities as a parent? He's a great dad. Um, it, okay. You know, if we're talking about, you know, being patient with the children, being there for the children. Uh, he has never allowed me to raise our boys on my own. You know, he's never left me. He's never denied them. You know, in that aspect, he's awesome. Um, but mm-hmm. financially, he, right. you know. And you want a partner. You want somebody to carry that financial burden alongside you. And I feel you on that. You've tried. You've left a couple of times. You've He's done the right thing for a little while, but he just can't permanently seem to do that. And, you know, finances are the number one reason that couples actually do break up and end up getting divorced. So maybe what you need to do is really start this life on your own, get your own place. I do feel like enabling somebody is knowing that you're always there to kind of scoop them out of uh, issues and problems. And he's been doing that his whole life. His parents have been doing that. You, by default, have been doing that for him as well. So what he needs to do is prove something. And that has to be a long-term prove something. And while you still love him and want to be with him, it's not actually helping him for him to not take care of himself. Because I think I always feel like as couples, you have to be able to handle yourself individually in order to be a really successful couple together. And so... Uh, I would say since you're handling all those bills and responsibilities anyway, and he still will be a great dad, then I would move forward just like you did in the past, but maybe don't go back as soon until he reaches these certain standards that you have for him and lay those out for him. This is what I need to see happen in order for us to really make this work as a couple and be really specific when you tell him what it is that you need from him. Ask him what he needs from you and then give yourselves a timeline to see if he can achieve that goal. But that's a tough... You're welcome. That's tough, man, when you love somebody and they're great in every other way, but they just don't have that ambition. That can be really unattractive. It can. It, and it teaches the children traits that, as a mom, that's not something, you know, I want. I don't want my boys to grow up and repeat the same cycle. You know, I don't right. want them to grow up and put a woman through this ever. So, you know, it's just hard. You know, I, I yeah. love them. I don't want to keep my family together, but... You know, I also, I've got to be good enough to be what I need to be as a mother to my children. And if all my effort is being put into trying to fix a grown man, then it's Mm -hmm. taking that away from trying to raise these boys to be men. Right. It's like you have an additional son and you don't need that. (laughs) Right. That's true. All right. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Y'all have a good day. You too. You too. Ask ye 800-585-1051 if you need relationship advice or any type of advice hit ye now it's the Breakfast Club good morning Here's some real advice with Angela Yee it's Ask Ye Morning everybody it's DJ NV Angela Yee Charlamagne the guy we are the Breakfast Club we're in the middle of Ask Ye let's go to the phone lines hello who's this Tiffany Hey Tiffany where you calling from Rhode Island Hey, Tiffany from Rhode Island. What's your question for you? Me and my fiance, uh, we want to buy a house. He has a 700 credit score and I have like a five and change. And uh, he wants to just go ahead and buy the house and have it in his name. And I don't really feel comfortable with that. I, don't, I want us to wait until I can get my credit score up to, so that we can both have our name on the house. 
But okay. he's like, we can get. Go ahead. He, he can was, get what? He was saying, he was saying like after we get the house, then we can get married and then we can put it in my name too. But I'm just like, I don't know what, you know, anything could happen. Right. Well, here's what you I will say this. Here's what you can do, because it is true. Right. If you're buying a house with somebody and your credit score is not good, that will definitely affect the rate that you get on your mortgage. So if he's not willing to wait for you to get uh, to get a higher credit score. And I understand that right now because rates are at an all time low. He has good credit. If you guys have the finances and the money to be able to get that house now and you have a house you want to get. I understand that that is important. So. What I will say is this, you can draw up a contract, right? That will also mean that the two of you own this house together and I would get a lawyer to do this. And that way you, that can ease any type of fears that you might have. So he can go ahead and get that mortgage with his great credit score. So you guys will have a lower rate, but then that way you're not concerned about what's going to happen. Is he going to just keep this in his name in case we break up and not put money down on a house? So you can do something where you have a contract where you guys have an agreement that you put down X amount of dollars so you own this portion of the house so you'll get the money back or whatever you want to put in a contract. Okay. Okay. So so I should I should consider that doing the contract. I would. I mean, you know, you I, listen, definitely get your credit score up. But if there's a house that you guys want to buy together right now, and your credit score is not up in time, I would still right now be working on on raising my credit score because, of course, that's important for you, period. And if you guys don't find something and then your credit score is up and you can get the house together and it won't affect the rate that you get, that makes sense. But if you find something now, interest rates are low, and his his credit score is good and yours is not, and that's going to affect your rate, then I would let him get it. But I would also go into contract with him, with an attorney to draw something up so that that means that you and I own this house together. This is the amount of money that I put in. Should anything happen, here's what I get back. Okay. Oh, mama, you know what you can do? And this is this happened to me when I purchased my first house. It was kind of the same thing. Uh, me and my wife's uh, credit was messed up. So what we did was the, we put the house in my name, but she was still on the title of the house. She wasn't on a loan, but she was still on the title of the house, meaning if I tried to sign, to sell it or anything like that, she's still on the title. And then when we purchased our next house, our credit was good and we were able to do it split ways. But at first, you could be put on the title of the house and, and not be on a loan. You, that can happen. Okay. Okay. All Thank right. you very much. Thank you, Mama. Ask Yee, 800-585-1051. If you need relationship advice or any type of advice, you can call Yee now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. We got rumors on the way? Yes, we are going to be talking about Tiffany Haddish and why she is hesitant to have a child at times. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Everybody, it's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Tamar Braxton. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. So Tamar Braxton's WeTV series has been postponed after she was hospitalized early this month. The series Tamar Braxton Get Your Life was supposed to debut actually on Thursday, I believe, but it's Mm -hmm. now been rescheduled to debut on September 10th. They said Tamar Braxton had an incredibly important member of the WeTV family for more than a decade. Our first concern is for her recovery and well-being. So prayers out to Tamar Braxton. Now, Jaden Smith is currently struggling with anxiety during this pandemic. He said he's just stressed about everything. He said he never knew what anxiety was until recently. 
He says, I'm just stressed about everything, and it's really crazy. It doesn't happen to me too much, but when it does, it happens. It's very strong. Sometimes it's work-related, and then sometimes you can really see that it's that true, anxiety, genuine anxiety, where it's just like anything and everything. And he says that isolation and the world being on quarantine brings us face-to-face with our thoughts, and that is just too much to handle for some people. Yeah, I get it. I mean, he's going through a lot. He's stuck at home, and his parents are going through stuff. His stuff's all over the Internet, social media. I get it. I understand. He also is dropping his last name and just going by Jaden, just like Willow dropped Smith. She and mm-hmm. she's just Willow. He's just Jaden now. Okay. All right. Robin Givens is saying she does not want to be in Mike Tyson's biopic, and she's saying it's hard not to feel deeply disturbed by it. And here's what she had to say: Are you hoping you're not in the movie? Well, you know, of course, of, of yeah. The absolute truth would be absolutely yes, but. I'm a person, you know what term you hear a lot of the time recently is kind of like my truth. Like I hear that term. And yep. for me, I kind of believe truth is truth. You know, she was on Bevelations with Bevy Smith and there's a lot going on with the situation. She had previously accused Mike Tyson of abusing her during their relationship. Uh, mm-hmm. She also suffered a miscarriage and filed for divorce of Mike Tyson. She told Barbara Walters living with him was torture and pure hell. I'm surprised they even asked her if she wanted to be a part of it. Like, of course she wouldn't want to be a part of it. She wouldn't want to relive that. Right, and she was 22 years old at the time. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Is it? Can he do a biopic without her in it? Because is that, you know, that was kind of an important thing that happened in his life. Um, I think he can. I mean, it's about his life, and I mean, even though she's not in it, they can still talk about it, correct? I mean, they do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she just says that she just doesn't even want to be included in it at all. I feel it, though. That's a difficult situation, uh, and she went through a lot with that. So, mm-hmm. All right, Machine Gun Kelly, in the meantime, has opened up about his relationship with Megan Fox. He says he waited for eternity to find her. And they actually starred in his music video together, you guys. We call uh, Bloody Valentine. That was the first joint interview that they did together was uh, Give Them Lala with Randall and... Uh, she said that she knew they were meant to be once he was revealed as her co-star in their movie that's coming out, Midnight in the Switchgrass. She knew immediately. She was like, who is going to play this role? And she said, the director was like, oh, we just got Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly. And she said, immediately, I was like, uh-oh. So that's cute. She now, that feels like, like they're a, soulmates. That seemed like a great couple. It seemed like they really have something. Hopefully they stay together. I know they've been spending a lot of time during this quarantine. So hopefully they work out and everything works out right for them. She says they're twin flames. Have you heard that expression before? I've never heard of twin flames. It's where your soul ascends into a high enough level. It can be split into two different bodies at the same time. So they're two halves of the same soul. Okay. All right. (laughs) All right. And Tiffany Haddish is saying that racism is why she's afraid to have kids. Here's what she had to say with Carmelo Anthony on his YouTube series, What's in Your Glass? And I've always felt like that we're hunted and we're slaughtered and it's like they get this license to kill us and that's not okay. And, you know, now I'm I'm older now, I'm a little older, and people are like, you're going to have baby when you're going to have some babies? When you're going to drop some babies? And and there's a part of me that would, would like to do that and I always make up these excuses like, oh, I need a million dollars in the bank before I can touch you. I need this, I need that. But really it's like I would hate to give birth to someone that looks like me and then knowing that they're going to be hunted or killed. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report.
All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Revolt. Shout out to you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice Mix is up next. Get your request in now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now we got a shout out to Snoop Dogg for joining us this morning. Yes, indeed. You, you can sit down and talk to Snoop Dogg forever because for hours, you grew yeah. up in this culture called hip hop. There's there's a there's a few icons from the '90s, man, that just mean a lot to the culture. Snoop Absolutely. is one. Jay Z is one. Diddy is one. Hove is is definitely one. But yeah, they just they Ice Cube like they just mean something different. Mm-hmm. And they got a lot. Did of you say stories. Fat Joe? Fat Joe's one of them. Did you say Fat Joe? Fat Joe's definitely one of them. Fat Joe's mm-hmm. definitely one of them. hundred mm-hmm. percent, definitely one of them. Yes. Right. So and Fifty Cent, Fifty Cent, you could talk to for Fifty's another one too. Absolutely. All but right. Yeah. Well, shout out to uh, Snoop Dogg, and let's not forget that Master P, his No Limit docu series, is going to be on tonight on BET as well. And I know Snoop is involved in that too, obviously, as he told his stories on The Breakfast Club about being signed to No Limit and how much Master P helped him out and was a stand-up guy. Right. Yep, so we'll be watching that tonight. And when we come back, we got the positive notice, The Breakfast Club. Good morning. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now we got a positive note, Charlemagne. Yes, I do, man. I want you to know uh, I claim my own power and I lovingly create my own reality. When I say I, I'm talking about you as well, okay? Apply this to yourself. I ask for more understanding so that I may knowingly and lovingly shape my world and my experiences. Breakfast club, bitches! You all finished or y'all done?